And they had it on the, they had it on the board. They were doing like the dick to floor number and all that stuff. You had it, it was like DTF. Yeah. <laughs> I thought about it and I think it would be wanking. Is it, I think you gotta, it would be wanking. The you got to sort, sort everybody by height. Well, technically, you got to sort everybody from sort everybody from dick to floor by height. Welcome to Game of Nodes, a weekly podcast from independent validator teams. Hello, welcome to Game of Nodes, a weekly podcast from independent validator teams. And that was well Two done. Two in a row. Good job. Well done. Good intro. <laughs> Peace in our time, says no. <laughs> um, so, uh, given that you've obviously uh, prepared very, very carefully for rugging us into the intro, would you like to take it away with uh, Null's News Corner for this week? Oh, I'll have you know that I spent five minutes on Twitter this week. Oh, congrats. <laughs> nice. Wait, is that the news? Or you mean you were on five minutes for Twitter to find the news? That is the news. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. So uh, actually, um, look, I did write down some things, but I did literally spend five minutes on Twitter. So I don't know if it's the most important things that happened this week, um, but I had a feeling that, you know, this – uh, news corner wasn't going away just yet, even though we haven't got any researchers on the job yet. So, um, I'll take it away. So, I mean, one be, thing I did notice to be fair, is, your your research amount has increased by over 10,000%, even yes. in five minutes. Like, if you Actually, stay away from the actuals, you just focus on the percentages. Huge jump in research this week, dude. Congrats. It's, it's technically it's an infinity increase <laughs> in, uh, in research. Okay, good point. By, one Why thing that's the, really uh, funny about this is I talked to Erdeman about it and he was like, I don't know how I can help you guys because you hit all the right topics. None of you just know what you're talking about. None of you know what you're talking about. <laughs> I was like, Oh no, exactly. That hurts. So I mean, I mean that, that, that is literally something that, that he could help with. It's just that we'd be stealing his homework. That's the, right. Cause then we'd be looking knowledgeable and we might not always disclose our sources. So no, I think we we had the other issue, right? We'd read it off, and then it'd be like us. It'd be like me stealing a professor's notes and trying to read it, and somebody asking a question, and be like, oh, "This is it." That's I a mean, great question. Moving on, do you want me to go back and read that part again to you? This week on Quasar. <laughs> <laughs> so I do feel like it is kind of my responsibility to do like at least five minutes of research because, like, when we look at the inputs into this uh, podcast, we've got the fray who presses the button each week to create the new podcast uh usurper he he does a lot he downloads and then re-uploads the uh the podcast and then schultzy shows up and then (laughs) 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 i make i make highly contextual short video (laughs) memes at a rate of about one every eight episodes as well let's let's i do feel like you might sit there for at least 30 minutes pondering what the name of the the potty might be for this week and try to come up with some smart pun. Let's pretend that it takes me five seconds because that would be less embarrassing than the truth. <laughs> uh, anyway, I've gone back to 1994 and found a paper. Uh, I thought you were going to say that you'd drawn a dick on a piece of paper. No, I found that paper. was the news. <laughs> and I was like, amazing. We found this raggedy ass notepad in the corner. It's replacing uh, the drill of the week. Yeah, and uh, a pen <laughs> and and Twitter. 
So uh, anyway, it's got in here a, a, a heading that says Game of Nodes Notes, right, on my paper, not on the spreadsheet where it should be. Uh, but anyway, the news. So um, All In Bits drops the lawsuit against Grace Yu. I noticed. Any comments on that, anybody? About fucking time. <laughs> yeah. I went so far as to make GitHub about it. And then actually this was at the this is days ago that I read this, but I'm gonna try and remember some shit. So get ready. They uh they had the GitHub article about it where they went on to say that yes, yes, they've dropped the lawsuit. Uh we're gonna go public about it on GitHub. And then um said that they're creating a public project uh, to be able to arbitrate issues like this in a decentralized manner. So we're getting some more software, maybe? And software would have prevented this problem, which was essentially bullying by a rich person or a powerful person to a less powerful person. Software would have 100% stopped that. So it is uh, open source as well. So do not contribute. You might be in trouble later. Okay, right. amazing. Um, so, so if you, as long as you contribute, you can be part of the Panopticon. I mean, the solution. Sorry, uh, rather than one of the people being oppressed by that. Right, cool. Good thing I know Rust. I'll accept it for being in. It'll be in a no lang, won't it? So, I feel like you said something really smart when you said that Panopticon thing. Like that might have been some sort of uh, really smart pun or something. I don't know what that means. So. We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, maybe a link to like Urban Dictionary. <laughs> uh, okay, so the other thing that I happened across was uh, lunar whale accounts just going mad on uh, on Luna. There's a bunch of um, what people are speculating to be Sybil validators showing up. Uh, probably not the first time this has happened, but uh, one of the uh, the Twitter sleuths. Uh, traced it back to Binance accounts. So I think there was like three validators that started overnight um, and rocketed to the top 10 with the help of like two or three wallets uh, and potentially Binance wallets. So Binance pulling a big Sybil. Binance, you mean Binance owned managed accounts, I think? Binance wallets, yeah. Okay. Not just that like accounts fake, that Binance. That could be fake news because I didn't check that at all. I didn't fact check that one bit, but someone That's, said it on Twitter. So it's the probably buzz is on Twitter. That, <laughs> but was it on threads? If it wasn't on threads, I don't care that much. <laughs> that statement is the cornerstone of Null's news in the corner. <laughs> probably true. <laughs> Can we just be clear? It's, it's actually a silent N, that very common nah. literary device. Nah. nah. In corner. Null's news in <laughs> corner. Yeah. Corner. Okay. I, mm-hmm. You know, I saw that before and I didn't even question it. I'm like, that seems perfectly normal. The mm, corner? The end this, is, corner. this is how much, dude, this podcast has warped your sense of reality. Mm. You're just like, <laughs> everything's fine. That's, that's, a, that's a thing. That's obviously a thing. I'm just going to trust the process. <laughs> so I misspell things so prolifically that that seems completely normal to me. Spell prolifically? No. <laughs> <laughs> So, and we we heard about some validators getting pushed out of the Luna set. So, there is it just three that started, or was it more than that? Because I thought there was a bunch that got kicked out or something. Well, well it's I more than it, just that, though. I think it was the 
three big ones that just sort of blew up. Uh, there might have been more. So, so it wasn't just that people fell out of the active set. The interesting bit was was that there were delegations that were moved around. So, oh, Whisper really? Node, yeah, Whisper Node um, was in the active set, and they were above us, and we're like still pretty solidly in the set, but our delegations didn't get moved around, um, whereas theirs did. So, it wasn't that like del- that the floor has risen; it's that things are in a very larger way getting moved. Was that like a couple of um, like whale wallets got moved off Whisper onto right. someone else, or was it like a bunch of people moved off? Well, wallets, yeah, yeah, but it well, happened for others as well. It wasn't just Whisper, but yeah. And they, on all those moved to these new validators, not to the new validators. No, oh really? Um, just around, correct? Yeah. Huh. Interesting. That is interesting. So I'm not on Luna, but is it like is that token predominantly owned by whales? Is there just like twenty whale Luna whales, and then like this is this is Luna Classic we're talking about, right? Not, no, no, not, not, not New Coke. New Coke. New Coke. Oh, we're talking about New Coke. Yes. Yep. New Coke. Oh, okay. Right. Mm-hmm. It must Am be I missing a Wales, joke? Right? What is the new whole Coke? thing was like a recess <laughs> for the institutions. What do you mean? What's New Coke? How old are you? So did that make it down there in the eighties, nineties? Was it nineties? Shit, I don't even know. But they had they branded Coke as New Coke. No, they they came up with a new formula because. I don't know, whatever. And they branded as new Coke and then they were going to switch to it and they ran it as new Coke. I think it's the story. They ran it as new Coke and everybody fucking revolted against it. So they left it Coca-Cola classic. They used to have cans called Coke classic. Do they still do that? Um, I don't think they do. I don't think they do either, but it used to be, used to be Coke and Coke classic. I think was what they did, but it was always called new Coke. And then I think they eventually dumped it. Oh. There's got to be a story. There's got to be somebody had to do a documentary on this. Yeah, they've kind of done this now. I right? only know two formulas, right? The formula that you get right. at the shop and the formula that you get at Macca's. <laughs> you mean out of the what fountain? What did you just say? I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> Macca's. One of them's a syrup. You, right, what you're getting at is one of them's a syrup and one of them's already pre-bottled, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You got the yeah. you got the fucking. We got the pre-brew and the homebrew. Ah, that means you don't get to appreciate the Mexican Coke then, because that's all the rage right now. Is it has oh, real so sugar, so you get the Mexican Coke see, for that one. Just to be clear, like in a lot of the rest of the world where they have food standards laws, <laughs> um, Mexican Coke is Coke. Is Coke? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the Coke you get here is just Mexican Coke. Like it, right. We just right. have sugar. So, like, what's interesting? In, okay, not maybe not interesting, but whatever. In the UK, they decided that because kids were fat. Um, they mm-hmm. were like, we're going to ban a load of stuff and we're going to increase the price of sugar in a bunch of stuff, especially fizzy drinks, right? Sugar um, tax. Y- yeah, sugar tax, right? So overwhelmingly, the reason that you have childhood obesity is obviously early years nutrition. So the underlying cause is actually poverty. Um, the underlying reason is 30 years of like massively increasing wealth and income inequality, static incomes. But that actually requires a government to tackle it and some ideas. Um, so instead, they ban sugar. Uh, and so, like literally, every single f- uh, soft drink uh, was like, "Right, fuck it, we don't want to, we don't want to touch this, we don't want to spend any more money." So we're going to basically shadow move to like you guys have Coke Zero, right? Stuff yeah, like that. still Coke Zero. It's effectively new Coke, right? Because people are like, "Oh, Diet Coke or Coke Zero, what? It doesn't fucking taste like Coke. What's the point of even drinking it?" Just- no, new- but New Coke wasn't wasn't sugar free or anything like that. Well, no, no, I know, but like people, people like the thing is like there are there are new. Oh, versions of Coke yeah, now sure, that are sure, super sure, popular, sure. like Coke oh, Zero. Yeah. So, but what what's now happened is that in the UK, Coke Zero is in a red can. Um, mm-hmm. So it used to be a black can, 
and then it was a black red can with black writing and now it's red can with white it has white writing but it says zero in black so it's quite hard Mm. to see the zero oh okay and classic coke because they is the only so every single company literally every single thing like fanta sprite you you Mm -hmm. name it only coke and pepsi said oh we'll eat the cost of keeping the sugar in and just reduce the can size so now the only way you can tell apart really at a glance coke zero and classic coke is that the can is smaller for classic coke it's um, like 10 ounces or something instead of whatever yeah it's yeah. instead of 330 mil it's 260 mil for the same price yeah. but weirdly some places have the same old 330 mil cans but they just charge you slightly more so it means that you can't even bank on like identifying the shape of the can so some so quite often you'll literally go into a store pick up a can of coke walk towards the counter with it and then be like this is bullshit coke zero you heave it into the sun and then you go back and get something with actual sugar in it you just, you just peel off more dollars for it yeah you're just like i look i i yeah. like to know the carcinogens that i'm ingesting right do they so, don't, i thought you're gonna say they do like like what uh canada does with uh cigarette packs where they put like horrible pictures of mutilated babies and whatever else they put like this this oh, thing yeah, kills have, or whatever else we have that put, I, well i thought maybe for new coke they put just big big American kids on the side of it. <laughs> no, we have those pictures of overweight American kids is plastered on the side of the high sugar Coke in the UK. So, so we have, uh, yeah, we, we have Coke zero and Coke, no sugar. What the fuck is Coke? No sugar diet Coke or is diet Coke a third thing? So there's like, do they call it Coke? No yeah. Sugar? There's diet. <laughs> so they have a better brand. There's diet, which says no sugar, and then zero, which is zero sugar, but they both got no sugar in them. But which one is Do Kwon's current project? <laughs> both. One might wait. Well, there might be a caffeine free sugar. He is the right? franchisee in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he did with all those lunar dollars. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Ben Davis says that, um, you know, glass bottle Coke is the best Coke. Which I tend to agree with. I don't know how the flavor changes, but you also end up with a weapon at the end, so you can defend know. yourself in oh, the bush. I can give you a fact on this. There is uh, the way that you taste things uh, differs depending on the pattern of bubbles in the liquid, because we we actually taste like our senses are uh, for whatever reason we can taste the pattern of basil bubbles and what's in them, and so. They've done scientific studies. If you put, like, say, champagne in a different shaped glass, it literally tastes different. So there is some evidence, I guess, that that would hold true for any carbonated drink, right? Mm, I think wine, it's more about the oxygenation. So it's about, so you're saying about the oxygenation as it comes up rather than the shape of the vessel. Yeah, like that's why they have decanters for wine. No, but that's, that's, that's like non carbonated. So we're talking about only carbonated. So, Still like, wine. No, but present would have been. So, what I'm saying is that the shape of the container matters for carbonated things. So, like Prosecco champagne, not wine, Prosecco champagne, but that would also hold true for carbonated soft drinks, right? I think, oh, like what the fuck is Prosecco champagne? Like that Prosecco and champagne. champagne. They're two different types of sparklies. You know, bubblies. Bubbly. 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 They're lovely bubbly. (laughs) And now, here's 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 one for you. So, Coke. Better out of a bottle, right? Like a, a glass bottle, in my opinion. Can I get a show of hands? Yeah. yeah. So I think that is Mexican Coke. 
over here. That, that's what they consider Mexican Coke. It's like it's in the bottle of real sugar. The fucking Mexican Coke over here is like goes up your nose, not your mouth. So the, but on the, conversely, beer, better in a tin. Got to say, yeah, I, I hate drinking beer out of a can. Really? I think so, the aluminum taste does something, I, though. I poured it out. I, I poured it into this. a glass. I fucking hate this. I do. <laughs> yes, every moment. I don't that that aluminum taste. I think uh, even on uh, on beer some, that we know and love so well. That's you go you go into right. a pub in England. You say, landlord, I'll have one pub beer, please. Okay, now that we've that's gone right. completely fucking off track for at least fifteen minutes. Where do we start with this, Luna? My paper. Doquan's new Coke. Doquan's <laughs> new Coke. That, just, honestly, that should be the title of this podcast, really, should it be? Doquan's new Coke. We can change I mean, it. You, you tune into that episode to find out, A, what the fuck we're talking about, B, what where, the fuck which we're type about. of Coke we're talking about, yeah, and, and the C, title. what the fuck Doquan has to do with it. Actually, what we should do is we should do a DAO, <laughs> and everybody can <laughs> vote on and add Episode title ideas and everybody votes on it with their with their crappy wallet. Mm. So I do have one more Moving item on. of news. I uh, I endeavoured to have three items of news, so I've got one more. What do you think is a good number of items? Like three? I mean, it seems like a lot. Yeah, several. Three right? to five. I would Three's say good. they could be small news nuggets. Yeah, so they could be so, big news units. <laughs> this one's for the operators out there. The operators. The warriors. Uh, Shout out. <laughs> the ladies. Uh, Obol. Has anyone heard of Obol? Yeah. Obol? So uh, DVT, Distributed Validator Technology. I watched an entire ass podcast on it, and it is more or less Horcrux competition, sort of. Is it Tendermint? Like, is it for? So it started out um, as a project for Ethereum, uh-huh. um, but they are going to migrate it to cosmos based chains I but don't it seems that- to be more based around like a validator that's distributed by organizations so for example if you had like uh say 20 for argument's sake smaller validators who wanted to get into the hub for example yeah. then they might um pull their resources i mean in some ways, this seems like a really inefficient like model uh, for a validator in terms of like resource use. But hear me out. So they could pull their their resources to create a distributed validator um, in a similar way to how Horcrux would do it, um, except they would all have ownership of a shard of the key, mm-hmm. uh, and then they could. Um, raise that validator as a group and and delegate to it as a group to so bring it up run into the active set. DAO run validator, but with extra steps. Well, potentially, but yeah, it could yeah. also just be a, a B2B, like business to business. And, and I assume you need a certain, a certain percentage of that uh, available to sign. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. So you, you need two thirds of the, and I guess you break the key down at whatever percentage is based on ownership. And then you had a 66% and they sign type of thing. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. It's so cool. they they designed it for Ethereum, but they're planning to port it over to um the Cosmos. 
when so there was question time at the end and question time seemed to go on longer than the presentation time which is irritating to me but anyway <laughs> the uh so there were were questions around the governance problem uh and like it doesn't seem like they had really solved the whole operator key is different to the uh signing key issue oh i see yeah, so they can yeah. they can sign blocks, but the idea of like actually voting on something probably doesn't work. Yeah, and also like I don't think they had maybe they thought about it, but I don't think they had like the, well they certainly didn't articulate very well uh, how the mechanism would work for like a shared uh, right like operator key, like whether that would be some sort of multi sig or yeah, get rid but, of it all. I mean, just fucking you flush Cosmos validated governance <laughs> down the toilet. Start over. It's yeah, all let's good. Go to a incredible amount of effort to fucking. So what you're saying is, yeah, so instead of just get five bucks a week, instead of e, a running a validator, b running a DAO run validator, you could c run a slightly more complex DAO run validator and split one twentieth of nothing. Yeah. Basically, you get get one of those shiny new cokes. Um, let's get the let's get the <laughs> montage music on, and I want to run up the steps like Rocky. I, at some point, validators will have to do this because all the the actual validator set will just be filled with the validators that are run by the other chain chain owners. So you'll have in 150 different chains running validators on all the other 150 different chains, so there's no room for anybody else. That's what's going to happen. Does that happen? Yeah, sure. There's tons of them. Well, we got Chihuahua. They bounced around a bunch, right? Chihuahua does it, yes. Shane does it at Sergey's, and Juno's talking about doing it, and I mean, it's going to happen more and more, right? Juno isn't owned by anyone. I mean, you could have, you could have, yeah, you can have mesh security, or you can just run validates on other chains. Or I mean, right. yeah, I like. Mesh I mean, security. it's kind of surprising it didn't happen more actually. Like, given the amount of money some people made in AppChain Winter, like, just at that point, the hub wasn't doing so well, but has actually, like, in hindsight, held up surprisingly well given market conditions like the 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 iq 9000 move it turned out was to exchange your second tier um cosmos coins Eighth for tier. atom right <laughs> basement basement <laughs> tier. Uh, you, you know your your non-hub tokens for hub tokens and then run a validator and that would have probably generated more money than your entire chain potentially um so, so, so are you done with news? Cause there's Ben keeps bringing news point number four up like five or six times. Uh, this Meta is MetaMask coming to Cosmos, right? Well, it's kind of coming to, this is the MetaMask API piece, right? Yes. Yeah, I, th- I think is. snaps is the ability for, indiv- uh, for groups, individuals to write a plugin snap. That adds in the MetaMask to be able to extend cool. to other L1s and L2s and whatever. So now else. when there's a like floor in, so now when there's a security floor in MetaMask, every single ecosystem gets rugged. Well, there, uh, as it yeah, should be. Sure. As it should be. <laughs> as it should be. Right. One, one, one to rule them all. But yeah, the, I, I, think, I think there's a few groups that are, I know one that's working on the, uh, obviously the Cosmos integration, um, or I should say Tendermint IBC integration for, um, for MetaMask, and I think there's a couple, right? There's like at least two I know of that are that are starting to write snaps for for tenement based chains. So Secret the, had this running like 18 months ago. The DYD, yeah, this isn't new, is it? The DYDX testnet has 
every other wallet except Kepler. So is it like EVM or? It is It is EVM, I believe, yeah. 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 Oh, I did have uh, one more item of news. I mean, it's not on the list, but it's been talked about a lot. So I could probably mention it if you want. Twitch. Go on. <laughs> Please. What do you want to invite? Go on. Let's go on. <laughs> I was waiting for the vindication. Um, so it has been the talk of the town, the feasibility of reducing uh, set sizes Okay. for networks. It's extremely feasible, uh, right? Is this also known as Null's I was right all along corner? <laughs> oh, sorry, I would have prepared a ticker if I'd known. It is Null's I was right all along. I was fiercely against raising set sizes during the bull market just for the sake of people being able to fucking get in at the bottom because it creates an overhead that you have to deal with later. And here we are. So did it benefit anyone in that fucking year and a half's time? I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> the people who are down there barely have any delegation compared to the rest of the chain and have now been running hardware for a year with fucking negative revenue. But nonetheless, look, some people are cutters and just want to do that anyway. So now the question is, is whether they should be trying to reduce the size of the set to like stem the losses, I guess, from those people in what, down the bottom. What's the point but though? Unless they want to. Yeah. Right. Like I cares? don't see the point. Like right. the, the overhead to the chain is not that severe on something that's slow anyway. Uh, you know, you can still make the blocks on time. Yeah. It's not that much data overhead. Like I would prefer to have 50 better for my hard disk. Right. But it, it doesn't really matter too much in the big scheme of things. It does recycle nodes quick enough that I don't kill the hard drives. <laughs> yeah, you talk, you, but that's the number of connections, right? You could just reduce that anyway. That has nothing to do with the set size. Well, it's the, but it's also like the set size adds an overhead in terms of data. Like every block you record right. information about every single validator oh. on the network. So, you know, there is some extra storage overhead, but it's not like things like, Stargaze and Juno and Evmos and that it's not enough to like really no, care about. Yeah, and some like, sets I think are, are. I mean, we've seen ones that are not even filled out all the way, right? So it's starting to happen naturally on its own. And I, I would exactly. assume that you're going to see more and more people just walking away. Like it's the, the floors so. have changed a lot. Yeah, and even the yeah. networks that still pay, like the floors, sometimes the, you can get in for virtually nothing. Right, and I think it's up to like. The val now that they they like everyone wanted those set sizes, I think they should just fucking stay there. And if people are making a loss, it's up to them to fucking close down and walk away. Well, I think one of the uh, tools that I was thinking about, like it's like really let's try and come up with something, but I think one tool that would be really valuable would be a an ROI metric on chains that is extremely easy to use. Meaning to pick a spot, pick a chain, pick the returns are known at a specific commission rate at a specific spot within a set. Um, and then you can put it, say, this, this, you know, I think it's going to cost me three, $400 a month of just hardware costs plus my time and everything else in terms of being able to support a new chain and then do the math on a chain that exists. Because I think people have no idea. Like, I don't think anybody does the math. And a tool that actually that would help them look at, yeah, you're down 190 out of $200 a month. Um, and this is where your break even is. Your break even is as at, you know, Juno at a buck or $2. 
And so you look at it and actually make a make a reasonable decision because I think everybody runs into it, but I don't think anybody's actually done the math. Like I don't think anybody. It's it's not really easy to kind of figure out what the you know what the what the actual commission amount is based off of a, a mint and everything else. It'd be a nice tool to build. So one thing that I think would be handy is like an exit strategy built into the protocol. So one thing that happens when um, so say, uh, you know, Big Ball's blockchain validator wasn't that popular and they're sitting down there with like, they're, you know, on the floor, they've got 27 different delegators delegating seven Juno. <laughs> yeah, right. And, uh, and you don't want to fuck you, those. You thought they were Billy Big Balls, that Jimmy Small Balls got you. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Use the right terminology here. But they don't want to fuck over their 27 delegators when they leave, right? Yeah, right. So they're just hanging in there, paying their $300 a month for their right. server right. so that they don't fuck over these guys and their seven cents. That's Maybe right. if they moved to Hetzner, they would break even in. <laughs> so that's like higher because they're breaking terms of service. And then we all know. I mean, at that point, you're looking at a Raspberry Pi that's already amortized. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what would be handy is some sort of function in the blockchain that doesn't have to be an upgrade handler where you could say, all right, I'm going to exit. I run this transaction and it just sprays your delegations across the fucking, the rest of the set. Ooh, I actually built a proof of concept for that tool and couldn't get funding for it. Yeah, that's a good idea. You're on the same page. Like so, like just to be able to re to automatically re delegate delegators that are delegated to me, right? I should have that exactly. ability to so delegate you, that. So you don't fuck called, people over. Surely, yeah. was it called X forward slash? I I'm gonna head out. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was called. The other it was thing more generalized be- what I built, but yeah, I, I approached the ICF about it, and they were like, "Well, we actually don't fund things that are less than like five hundred thousand dollars." And I was like, "It is five hundred thousand and one." It can be. <laughs> yeah, I was like, <laughs> "I can make this awesome." Great if you like. Let me just do <laughs> yeah. my math. Yeah. I think I forgot to carry it. Seven O's. <laughs> I mean, Notional yeah. might have charged that. Yeah, I was right. Yeah, they probably would have, or more. Would. Yeah. Oh, go mod tidy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. That's it. Because there's no way to communicate today and you can't like even I thought about like doing me- like you could do a, a message to everybody, but nobody's got to see that shit in the memo. It's like it, it, like there's no visibility to it. And so you're really blasting it out on Twitter. You're trying to go into, a, you know, community discord connect conversations or something else like there's no way to communicate that. So somebody's going to be surprised eventually when they come back a month later or two months later. Could I just throw a, a regulatory curveball in that and just say maybe it's better that people can get rugged by the validator going away because of hardware failure, getting hit by a bus, whatever it might be with no communication, because then that increases consumer risk in the general case. Um, and it means that number one, if you're, if you're a validator who has a plan to communicate something like that, um, you know, that's showing some due diligence and maybe it's like a differentiator for trust, but also number two, you know, it's it's decentralized baby you know yeah the shit's a wild west it, it is you it know is. but i do i do agree with null's point that i think validators hold on because the exit is not clean and actually this brings us to an actual show note transition i don't know if you meant to do this but friend of the show bosco from silk nodes uh was talking about this just recently because 
they were talking about leaving, and this is a point that we could talk about, but they were talking about leaving some chains and, and he brought up the, the question that, that we are not leaving some chains that we think do not have a future because we're concerned that it, we're kind of afraid that it, I'll use his words. We're kind of afraid that it might lose us delegations on quote unquote, better chains or another chains. And so Back the idea the is that, so yeah. that is, is leaving a chain or leaving something that is not, you know, not earning or doesn't seem like it's going anywhere or whatever else. Is that a brand negative or do delegators actually even give a shit? I think it's, I think it can be brand negative, especially if you have people that delegate to you across a bunch of networks. But like, you know, I I think that people jump into being a validator without putting too much forethought into it. And I believe that if you're going to <laughs> Guilty start <as> <laughs> validating a network, <laughs> yeah. then you should be committed to that network until it goes into the dirt, no matter how much money it loses you. Uh, why? The the thing is like yeah, that's I don't why don't agree. why that's insane. It's, yeah, so no, no, like, you didn't hear me out. You didn't hear me out. So sorry, sorry. if if the chain is bad for users, yes. What define probably, define bad for users? You know that needs definition. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know something something like uh, maybe. Sif chain or or so we're losing. I wasn't giving. I wasn't asking for example. Is bad for users <laughs> by the power vested in me by the users. I need definition. That's a constantly changing stuff. policy. <laughs> like I could look like like I judge it. I judge things based off of a like one of the ones would be like the number of actual upgrades or code that's being pushed. Yeah, like, like our, our if, dev team's actually if working. Development's right being abandoned, and the and the chain has no hope, and it's done. But but, but the other part of it is that the sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off that. But the other part of that is that well, the, keep doing it. I know I love it. It's like <laughs> it's the only reason I show up. Uh, but the other piece of it is that the chain itself might not might not need changes for the DApps that use that to be able to take advantage of that. Like like a, a good example yeah, it, is is, it's is like perfectly functional, but you still want the developers to be there. Right? Like like a In good active. example. A good example is like OmniFlix. Like. Like there's very, I think we've had like maybe one breaking chain change uh, upgrade in two years or something. And there's like Sisla rolls out very slow changes in that. But on the app it side, is, there's tons of work that's being done, right? So I don't really yeah, count that. But it is very evident that they are still there. Oh, and huge. Oh, yeah, huge. Yeah. So you can't really look at it just at that. But the other half, like something like Constellation or even like Nomic, like what is what are we doing? <laughs> like what? What's what's happening with these? It's funny that you bring up Nomic because there was just an upgrade today about it with it. What upgrade? Okay, if if, if I can just finish my thought. <laughs> Wait, what? Right? If I can yeah. just if I can just finish my thought. <laughs> Please. So, you know, what I'm what I mean is that if you are going to commit to a blockchain, I think in the first place you should believe in that particular blockchain or what they're trying to do. And I think you should at least be making a commitment to see it through some tough time. Like if you're, you know, I, I don't agree with just soaking up the good times and then fucking popping smoke and then coming back in the good, good times. Like I think that if, if you're going to commit to that chain, you should bring it up even, you know, maybe soak up a bit of good time. But if there's a deep bear market like we're in now, I think you should, be like willing to to bear through that yeah i think for at least you know 
a certain amount of time. Like, that's I don't fair. think it's like, oh, okay, well, I'm not making money this week. I'm just going to fuck off now. No, I don't. I don't think that's. I don't think that. Uh, there's. There's. Those are two different extremes, right? Is one is just running it forever without anything happening and nobody's using the chain. It's just producing zero transaction blocks for years and years. Like versus at the first sign of challenge, I'm dumping it. Like there's there's areas yeah, so within. What there, I mean right? is like you should be making a commitment to it and have that have that in mind. Like know that when you join this blockchain, it may not make you money for a while, or sure. it may make you money for a while and then not make you money. Um, and how how you handle that as a business or an individual is is you know you need to plan for that. You can't just I, expect I, I, to constantly be making money. Right at, at the same point, it's a business. So yeah, and, and if if you look at teams that are not executing, and you look at founders that have left, or you look at users that are not there, you're wasting your you're wasting your fucking time and money. And you exactly. should go you should go spend and, that somewhere you would else. Put that in the category of well, this this chain's not going to make it. I'm not supporting a chain that has a good chance. I'm supporting a fucking dead camel. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the challenge is it's difficult. It's sometimes the determining the difference between those two is is really difficult, especially in a bear market, right? Because it's difficult to see is it just something that's sitting in a lull and it takes it needs time, or is it is it it's never coming out, right? So and we've had we we have a good number of chains who have had good times that we still run that are in the doldrums like everybody else. And we've had, we have a lot of chains that we run that have never had the good times. Right. So so you have still, both those, I think the ones that had the good times, can you extend it longer because you think it has a possibility of 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 um of regrowth, maybe? And but the ones that you you run that have never done anything, or maybe maybe don't even have uh tokens that are liquid. Um, you look at it and say, you know, is there a timeline on this? And if there's not a timeline, you, you got to make some decisions. So there are chains that we run that are relatively new that, and I'll, I'll name some, that don't make money uh, and probably never will. Uh, one of them is Kujira. Uh, and that may be a function of our, we've got 1% um, commission on there, but I think even at 5%, there's a pretty I, good chance. We're I just thought it was money. Fee-based, doesn't it? It's fee-based, but the, you do also get a stipend for Kajira. You should be getting $75 a month as a validator, which might not be covering your costs, but at least goes somewhere. So it's <laughs> yeah, hard to say that. But we're net loss on that for sure, 100%. Oh, I would think, right? Because you also have to run, don't you have to run supporting chains for the Kajira too? Or no? No. No. But, no? You know, by the time you run a couple of century nodes, fucking mate, the time is I'd be losing three grand a month in fucking time. <laughs> Yeah, the, oh, the yeah, price yeah. feeder changes are quite a lot for sure. The, the governance and price feeder, ch- I don't vote. The The price feeder changes are fucking insane. Why is um, that automated? Like, it should be automated. It should be automated. From Kujira, I mean, like. Yeah, it, not- it is just, it takes fucking way too much time for what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, knowledge just started, but, you know, it's, we're right next to you on that, Schultzy, and I don't think we're going to turn a profit on that for. Which which one? A long time, uh, Nolus. Oh, Nolus. Uh, well, noise isn't listed, but it's uh, I, Mars. Noise. I wasn't really expecting. Uh, noise. I was never. I never had like huge expectations of profit there. It was just really more support. I side like cool, the cool project. It, to me. Noise is more of a public good. Yeah, I agree. Uh, That's I agree. I yeah, agree yeah. with that too. And it's I, relatively I, light, and I don't think that there needs to be much. Um, yeah, like maintenance on it and they purposely kept the set small right so that it's you know manageable right exactly um so 
I'm happy to run that indefinitely. You could run Same. that on your fucking yeah. Agreed. Like it, it's um, it's a it's a very watch. reasonable yeah exactly yeah. Um, Mars is like don't know about Mars. Like we we don't well I think we rank in the mid there somewhere, but it seems like really top heavy. And so how long has that been running for Schultzy? Maybe like three or four months. Longer than that. I've been out for three or four months. So I think we've made a total commission of about fucking 60 bucks. 80 I bucks. It's, it's probably more like six to eight months at this point. Yeah. So 10 bucks a month. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't seem very sustainable to me. I think that the people like high up in the, in the, uh, set might be able to like cover their costs, make a little bit of profit. I have been considering pulling out of Mars. I don't think that I have a lot of actual delegators there. I think it might just be a whale that's got some on my um, yeah. validator. So maybe I'll just like jack the commission up and wait for them to leave rather than them getting nothing. Um, yeah, but that is, you know, just one that like even – even if you're like top twenty, I, do, I don't don't think you're going to make money on Mars. It's a pretty high profile uh, chain too. <clears throat> hey, it's a pretty high profile chain too. It's not. It like, is, but it doesn't like it doesn't. No, I understand. I'm just saying it's know, disappointing. Yeah, it's just not economically incentivizing yeah. validators very well. Um, but go, so going back to to Bosco structure, do we think that uh, we kind of talk through like if should we leave or not on certain things? But do we think that leaving chains that that fall under the criteria of bad chain definition to be fine later. Um, that if if leaving does that Will have that an impact? Be defined in this podcast. Absolutely not. No. So, not even good. so I think that I think it's what, very good what, to know that this this won't have a resolution. This entire conversation. No, absolutely. <laughs> start not. now. Yeah. <laughs> this is we can bring it back up seven or eight times and just beat the fuck out of the dead cat <laughs> over the next six months. Perfect. Okay. So what I think is that. Um, could it be bad for your brand? Yeah, possibly. But I think what you can do to reduce the damage is to be uh, is to have a plan mm-hmm. and communicate it effectively as you can to the decentralized world. Just fucking Twitter, uh, and you know, give people ample runtime to uh, undelegate. Give many updates, warnings. Yeah, yeah consistently. Um, right. Put it into your moniker. Do not delegate. Yeah, uh, and leave it sure. there for a couple of months. Exiting set up, blah, blah, blah. Yep. Yeah, like all the things you can do to uh, at least try yeah. and get the delegators to leave and re-delegate. Um, I think that's a responsible way to do it rather than just popping smoke and fucking unbonding. Yeah, and, um, and honestly, I mean, for the most part, if it's community-based, there are delegators that are on there. And if, and if we're leaving a specific chain, there's no value in it. So like, it doesn't fucking matter. Like, like, honestly, like I understand the ability of like, not like turning off of restake and other types of things, but whatever's in there, it's worthless. So the ones that we're talking about that in this situation, it's like, I agree with everything you're saying, like we want to do these things, but if you step back, right, it's, there's nothing there. So it's, it's a, you want to, you want to act professionally around it. You want to be able to do the right thing, obviously. But at the same point, it's not like we're, we're not in a situation where we're costing anybody any money. I would caution everyone from being a chain whore. What, is that? what does that mean? <laughs> like just fucking whoring around the chains, joining everything. Oh, as a, I mean, yeah. as a validator or as a delegator? <laughs> as a validator. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like, you know, that is some people's strategy, though. Like, I know Schultz is on about 400 billion fucking chains. 
Pokachu. Five hundred billion, actually. <laughs> you never know. But I mean, to the point, you never know what the hell's going to happen, right? Like, you never know what's well, going to be a winner. True. So either you, you, right? Some of the most profitable chains in AppChain winter we didn't get on because we were just like, Phew. we're good with Stargaze and Juno. They're like two big like, bets. Yeah. What was profitable? <laughs> I mean, fucking everything was profitable. Do you not remember? <laughs> What oh, you mean, oh, you mean? Like, oh, okay. Like a winter, year ago, that, that oh. yeah, that six, that five, six month period before it, the wheels came off with Prop sixteen, and then UST drove everything into the dirt. Like there was a period where you know, fucking Chihuahua could make you a hundred thousand dollars a month. Know, I think, easily. I think that even like with um, with oh, I mean, Chihuahua's not profitable anymore, but you know, we'll, we'll keep not. running that. <laughs> Uh, so I, I think we would be where we are now anyway, without prop 16 and without UST would still be here. There's oh, a, I think so too. It would yeah, be something sure. else. I think yeah. the timing yeah. might've been different. Yeah. I think cosmos went down heavily before the rest of crypto or maybe a- no, they, they all tanked at the same. Well, they all had a slide at the same time. They all started yeah. to slide, maybe. No, yeah. I, it, it moves. It moves with the greater market, right? There's nothing. I mean, yeah. it moved farther than the greater market, but still. But it also went up more than the greater market as well. So yeah, true. But yeah, again, it's roundabouts, I suppose. So my question would be on this, right? Um, and, and we are going to define the bad chains thing. But my question would be: Is the answer to this question different depending on who your delegators are? Because I think if you're goal is mainly retail um yeah then i think the more visibility the better right you want to be everywhere mm-hmm. whereas if your goal is maybe some retail but like maybe retail with a bit more a bit more of a bag or uh you know people who are going to do a bit more due diligence um the discerning investor shall we say um, plus potentially like foundation delegations, team delegations, those sort of like actual kind of big bag holders, you're you're more likely to go quality over quantity, right? And so coming off chains that you perceive as bad quality, uh, as long as your definition is sound, might actually mean that those bag holders, if you're in the latter camp, might trust you more on the chains that you do retain, right? And certainly... Unless you're the size of like some of these like you know big, big balls companies that love double signing like Block Demon, like you're not just going to get auto invited to every massive VC circle jerk that's going to make you loads of money. So those those guys are going to run every chain they can get their hands on because they do that, and then they'll drop them like hot trash as soon as they don't want to. Look at what Figment do. But unless you're Figment, there's a really serious danger to that strategy because just doing that strategy isn't necessarily going to get you invite to the 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 big the big brand new hot VC chain that might actually be really valuable. Whereas being more discerning, you you might there's still a chance you can network your way into that, mm-hmm. um, and you won't have had to have all the heartache of running garbage. So I don't know. I don't know. But then I guess you know we're we're only in sort of two main ecosystems plus some additional L ones that we're kind of been invited to or whatever. So I, I guess maybe we're not the best. What I'm certainly not the best person to kind of be a spokesperson for that strat for the strategy of being like hyper discerning, but across multiple ecosystems because we're still very heavily exposed to like two or three main ones. Whereas like Shortsy maybe the thing is like Shortsy 
it, you know, lavender fiber spread across like a small number of ecosystems will be quite discerning, but you also do run fucking loads of random ass chains as well. Yeah, we do. Schiltzy, would you be What's like, I mean, what, are though, you net what you negative think? across Cosmos then? Or, uh, well, I guess it depends on if you count salaries or not. I do count salaries and commission, then, like as a business, as a profit and loss business. Are you net negative across the Cosmos? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. no, we so definitely. we we yeah. take in a decent amount of commissions, but like for for like infrastructure, yeah, we're we're positive for sure. But for salaries, no question. So no so question what you mean by that is by when you balance the uh, commissions you're receiving directly against like the outgoings from just the infrastructure cost, yes, you make potentially a profit, small profit. But when you take into account that you actually have to pay people because you need people to run this shit. Or yourself. And you're making a loss. And myself. Yeah. yeah. And myself. Right. Yeah. And relaying. Relaying is still expensive. So so last year, without paying uh, myself a salary for the year, the way we do accounting, we lost 30 grand last year. Yeah. Yeah. So, and we don't, we don't cover that many chains. Like we're now on 14 chains. So, you know, you have multiple employees. I imagine, uh, potentially a lot worse for you um yeah ah well you know you know what i mean across the cosmos anyway as a pure as a pure like cosmos operation i like just the validator side of things i think that would be the same position for us especially because we only actually did our off aws replatform like four months into this tax year Mm -hmm. so that was already when the bear was rolling we were like shit we need to start decommissioning aws stuff um so even with bringing that cost right down i think we'd be in the same boat where maybe we paid a good we we were probably paying our infra costs until about last september i would guess and that was the point where i think the token price dipped below our ability to cover it from our delegations to cover our infrastructure costs Uh, and, and that's obviously not taking time into account but because we do additional stuff like especially until like last September uh, when my availability changed quite heavily because of life events. Uh, we were still doing some software development here and there, and that was also like bringing in some income. So those two things combined meant we were still turning a profit. But I think for, like, from that point on, I'm not even sure we've created a taxable event, like a cash out event since last September as a validator, because it gets to a point where you're like, at this price, it's not worth creating that event. It's not really, wor- I mean, it could be worth compounding, but you are increasing your risk position potentially. I, I, I don't know. Like, is it better to just like sit on the commission and wait for it and and trust that you're going to keep? Because, like you say, now if you're going to keep running the networks, you've you're making a bet already that they're going to become profitable in the future, right? So do you just sit on them and then wait for that commission to come back around, but not create any taxable events in the meantime and just say infra is a straight write-off? That's kind of been our position, and then. You know, we're washing our face as a business by doing regular consulting. That's kind of what we're doing. Like, and that, and that now is actually, to be fair, after replatforming almost everything that we run off of AWS, um, the great replatforming finishing last month. Nice. We now cover all our infrastructure costs just off of our consulting. So we actually do turn, we are, we actually turning like a net profit just on that line of business again, which is, do you not only fucking delegate like two chains on Cosmos? We we run about four chains because we run Mars, Stargaze, 
Juno. Oh, are you in Mars? Yeah. Yeah, Castle in Mars. Genesis Mars, in Mars. Stargates, um, Juno. Yeah. I think, we, I think we've now come off the other chains that we were in on Cosmos. I think we're just on those three now. Yeah. Um, although mm. I did get a weird bill from Hetson the other day that suggests that we still do run a passage box. <laughs> That's halted, I think. Has it? I think so. I think it halted a, uh, a few months ago, right? Is that right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I thought it was we like, didn't you exit. Oh, I, I, thought exited. We, I thought we did, yeah. But maybe. Kill it. <laughs> maybe maybe I haven't renamed that. Maybe I haven't renamed that box. But I I thought I th- I thought we had like a couple of monitoring boxes in Hetzner. But then there's this weird line item that sort of looked like a coded way of saying that it was a server involved in passage in some way, but not trying to you know yeah. get the get the ear up of the Hetzner police. You know. So that's that is a uh, one example, right? That we left um, passage, but we didn't have any delegations whatsoever so i had no problem leaving that yeah doesn't matter yeah i mean it's it's halted right now anyway so it's been halted for yeah. i don't know three or four months or something like that i mean you have also reminded me to go and fucking double check that before you i should. go on holiday you should get rid of that thing that's 45 euros <laughs> save, save the save the private key dump everything else leave the cannolis yolo blow the blow, blow the send the private key into the side <laughs> scrub that hard drive <laughs> exactly. All right. So we do we determine do we answer Bosco's question or no? Probably not. The answer is yes, you can do it, I think. I don't think it has an effect on other Ex- delegations. Exit, I think exit, exit responsibly. smartly responsibly. Yeah. Even if they're even if it's everything's worth nothing and whatever, whatever. What we I think the conclusion is it depends on your definition of a good chain. <laughs> Luckily, we will give you that definition Episode seventy one. Thirty four minutes time. So so speaking of profitability, like I I reckon there are like some chains where take Stargaze, for example, right? Like we got pretty heavy Stargaze bags as a validator. We make three mm-hmm. times the amount in rewards than what we do in commission. We could probably mm-hmm. happily fucking leave that and still have good exposure to that chain without yeah. having to take up a slot. But I mean, I wouldn't because it, it's also – Similar to noise, it's also a pretty. It's a low stress chain, right? Like it's a low work. stress chain, and I think, like, contrary to some opinions in this fucking chat, the uh, I think that that chain will probably make it. There's oh, I think so too. There's a pessimist amongst us who thinks that all the chains will fail. <laughs> well, no, no. I think the the so back to the MetaMask thing, and so we could talk about a little bit more about what that means, but that idea and that plugin. I don't think anything DeFi, that integration makes any sort of fucking difference. I really don't. Like those products exist elsewhere on also on low cost chains. There's lots of options for that. NFT marketplaces that have low costs and the ability to like, I could see that MetaMask integration actually really turning into something very positive for Stargaze and Omniflex for that matter, but primarily Stargaze. Yeah, I think, um, make, I think you're right. It makes a lot of sense for Stargaze. It does. Like it, it, it has a real benefit there, especially with the gas structure and the speed of transaction. The, I mean, the site looks, the site is hauling ass. Um, I really think that that integration has a good possibility, especially if NFTs show up in the app or in the in the actual extension. I can see my NFTs. I can see Cosmos NFTs in in the in the MetaMask extension, things like that. Like that that you're starting to get some cool stuff in that. So I'm, I'm excited about that and see if that happens. You know, I think, I think Omniflix will also 
do well once they find their stride. Like I think they need to do better with marketing to the target audience. Um, I don't think users are their target audience. Yeah, I think like media outlets and stuff like that are their target audience that they need to target better and and market to better. But I, I think if they can actually like bring the right users to their platform, they will probably do well in the long run as well. I'm certainly just committed to it. So Yeah, and there's such a ton of functionality there too. I have yeah. a harder time seeing the value out of Omniflix versus Stargaze. Not that I have anything against Omniflix, but if they're like what is their marketing to like media agencies, right? They're not marketing that they're like a federated YouTube. Like so so what's the value that they're really adding to being a Yeah, well that's platform? it. They they're not marketing the their f- actual functionality, which is like a federated YouTube, right? Is if, that what it is though? If everything's an NFT and the ability to claim ownership and commission and structure around that, and you extend that to these other types of media things. I think that Omniflix is building the ability to do that. To Null's point, how they market that and people understanding just how to be able to take advantage of it and use it, I think that's probably the gap, right? Like, like what is that? Okay, that, that's cool. Now, realistically, other than me buying and selling NFT and having a marketplace, how do I use that? Like, what do I do with that? Right. Like even from a video clip perspective, like who uses that and what's the structure around it? Because now you're dealing with like transactions, not between NFT holders, but your transactions between organizations or between individuals and organizations or broadcasters and all that type of stuff. And I think you start opening this Pandora's box of complexity, right? Of there is 100% a gap between the, the market and the product. Oh, yeah. Which is, I mean, you can say that for all of Web3, right? I mean, that's, there's a, there's a lot of that, right? But but I think in, in that area, like they're early for sure. Like there's, but the, the functionality is there and it's cool, especially like cross chain FTs and all this type of shit. Like there's a lot of cool stuff there. It's just a matter of like what is what's going to be the compelling event that like really wakes people up and goes, oh shit, I can see you know. And I mean, uh, Omniflix they they contribute to other things as well. Like they oh, yeah. more or less developed like stream swap uh, stream swap right with um with osmosis. Yeah. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm not I'm not speaking poorly on them. I just I guess it sounds like we're shitting on them, should say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just want to know more, right? Like so if I think of the most popular apps for videos like TikTok, right? Mm-hmm. Could Omniflix be able to compete with TikTok in any way? Like would they be able to stream their videos like TikTok can? Like they don't have it do they have it stored in such a way? Can, do they can they have the same level of replication? Can they do that? I don't know. Right. Yeah, good question. Like, could they could they build a mobile app that has the user experience of TikTok and then allow the ability to people for people to tip in flicks? Like, that's a good question. Could I stake on a video because this because this guy is right? Could I could I stake flicks on a video knowing that the more views come happen that more views that that person gets and I take a piece of that exactly. and then maybe the staking also raises where they are in the app like because they have more visibility because exactly. there's more the, the answer to your question is do they have 50 to 60 million dollars in the bank that's the, that's right because I, no then the answer is NGMI well yes or that somebody who does have that flexible who somebody who has a vision for that looks at that and says I could totally see how this works like long term right so sure, but that's that's a big engine like that that task there oh, that for sure a huge engineering team yeah, yeah, for sure non-trivial and like I mean, it is here, comic, not really that's really hard that's here's, like, here's another example awesome wasm is happening today and tomorrow right because we're we're not there uh but there but who's doing the ticketing omniflex does the ticketing right and they did the same thing i think for cosmoverse last year right 
I didn't know that. That's really cool. So Omniflex does the ticketing for that. So you, you buy a ticket. It's an NFT. You blah, blah, blah. You get, it's a QR code, the whole thing. Like they run that whole thing. That's fucking awesome. Like that's a great use case. And we talked about ticketing uh, as a great web three use case. Cause it's like a really good use case of proving ownership and proving identity. Number one and number two, and then being able to do transfers and all that stuff. Like it's a really good web three use case that they're executing on. If you search like everybody, like go search for web, like go search for like Ticketmaster competitors and tell me if Omniflex shows up anywhere there. Right. Like, there, like, there like is, how do you do that? That's there a, is a, a there is a, uh, a ticketing uh, platform on Ethereum there that is. does a pretty good job of marketing. And like if, if Omniflix have that product and it's functional and comparable, you know, that's something they should market. And that's something that you don't need a huge build out of a CDN and everything in an app to be to be able to do. Like that's well within their wheelhouse to be able to to make a good UX on that type of product. Yeah. yeah. And, and maybe they won't like, I mean, they're, can you compete and beat Ticketmaster at this? I mean, fuck, probably not. But but can well, you? No, like you can because you know that there's there might be a a industry whale, right? But it doesn't mean they're not beatable. It just means that you need to fucking muscle your way in there. So what what makes Ticketmaster successful is partnerships Correct. and agreements, right? So you have to stop thinking about this product as a decentralized thing that's just going to happen. And you need to start thinking about it as a project that you need to aggressively market and form partnerships with IRL companies. Event, event locations. And yep. yeah, to, you need to take your product and fucking stick it where it needs to be used and talk to the people who need to use it and make an agreement with them that's more, uh, you know, that's competitive with the industry stale warts. You can't just be like, we've got the thing, come use it. Yeah, not, not denying exactly. that. I, I agree. It's just, it's a, it's a, that is a hard road, right? When you have, when you have an organization who have, might have agreements with every single property owner uh, in this country for a, an event venue that might own multiple venues, which means that you're and those agreements might be five, 10 years in length, right? Like, like I, I totally agree with you in, in that fair market type situation. I'm just saying, like, some of these things but, are you're working so negative, but again, it doesn't have to start so, with so like they, they do have one thing going for them, right? Which is that typically, like, large incumbents like Ticketmaster, um, they buy their competitors, right? They bleed mm-hmm. them and they buy them. That's right. how they stay the incumbent, right? And in the in a lot of cases where these incumbents, so like, why does every fucking company in the world use Oracle MyHR, even though it's the worst piece of shit in the universe? Because they buy all their competitors, right? So there's no alternative yeah. to MyHR, right? Um, I worked for a large cooperative once, and I was I, I was like, hey, look, if you want an IQ 9000 play, build an alternative to MyHR. Like, like, re, re, like recap, re, restructure yourselves as a software company, build a competitor to MyHR, Oracle can't buy you and Oracle know they can't compete with you, which is why they would try and buy you, but you are a cooperative. So you are not purchasable in the traditional sense. So you could just take that market. You could take a significant chunk of that market if you executed well, because everybody hates my HR. Your big problem is it's going to take five years for people's commercial agreements with Oracle to run out. It's going to be a hard sales road, but Hey, good news. You're a cooperative. 
you don't answer to shareholders. You can literally wait out that time as long as you keep the costs under control and you have that roadmap in place for how you're going to do the sales. Mm -hmm. You need to really think about this as a sales process. Obviously, this was literally me spitballing in the fucking, in the cafeteria. Like, it never went anywhere. There's no, no business leader would have the vision to to bank millions of pounds on this suggestion i i am right by the way that this would have 100 <laughs> no, no, seriously I, I reckon i reckon literally you want you want a two million pound idea a two billion pound idea sorry there it is which is that a major cooperative should reconfigure themselves as a software cooperative and and, and compete with my hr there you go it's free it's just on this podcast thanks for listening to game of nodes don't forget to like and subscribe but ticketing is a really good example where you don't it's like a similar thing from a different approach, which is it's a direct consumer use case. Yes. Where um, Schultz is rugging us. Enjoy your tree cutting. Yep. See you, folks. Have fun. Later. See you. Good chat. Um, where because it's direct to consumer, actually the 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 model that you, that maybe is most relevant to a chain in that space or a product in this space is not that it's decentralized. Cause I think that's garbage anyway. I don't think I, the, what is the definition of decentralized in our current market anyway, whatever. But maybe it's more like a consumer cooperative where by holding the token, yeah, you are an owner. You know, what is what is like literally number one of the cooperative principles? Member economic participation. And then and then if you think about it, it's like, okay, this is actually a ticketing cooperative that won't be bought out or intimidated by Ticketmaster mm-hmm. and wants to then go as a cooperative with some spokespeople and negotiate with the venues to say, hey, you also need to work with us too. We have a million members in four different countries, 40 different countries, 100 different countries, whatever. Then that narrative is a lot more understandable, I think, to a traditional business venture. People know what cooperatives are. People know what those kind of organizational structures are. If you just go, you're a bunch of nerds on the internet, is this a DAO? Is a venue going to take you seriously? It's, it's like it's yeah. the it's it's it's, it, it's how you communicate that those venues that are bricks and mortar that have run a very traditional business model, but are the you know ticketing doesn't work without those venues. They're they're the key to the whole party, right? How should people in a very legacy industry treat you in a very new industry like you're not a joke? Given that a lot of people in our industry are a joke, mm-hmm. yeah. How, how do you bridge that gap, right? It's all it's all communication. It's not the tech, like, all that stuff. I whatever. think like like anything else, it has to start small and it works up. So you start with smaller venues, you start with stuff like this, you get involved in other types of groups that put together events and you start working it in small areas, not maybe in a venue perspective, but more of a platform that people use to get together. Um, and you find ways that that software moves forward and forward and forward and you and you build up you don't take you don't try to take over, you know, a massive event. Or a venue with that, you have to start with years and years of smaller events and keep growing and keep growing. But still, it has to start like it has to start with a set of uh, with a uh, um, with marketing and with with. I mean, that's a product. I mean, that is a product company, right? That's a company in itself, much less what everything else that Omniflix is trying to do. Like that ticketing piece, that could that's a product that could get funded, that could have its own marketing and name and everything else, and it's blah blah blah. Like there's a whole thing there, but. Again, are we building a product or are we building tools for people to be able to use? And those are two different strategies, I think. Right. So I mean it's a tool that anybody can use. And and Omniflix built it and it works great and it's run by Web3. And there's a I mean, to be able to say that I mean the the idea of having a, a ticketing thing is is pretty cool, but the the proof of either 
having tickets to an event or viewing an event and other types of things like there's a you can extend that out to a lot of other use cases too so but again it's a that's a whole product business in itself that i think you could go fund and try to build a, a whole organization around but again i don't know how how is somebody doing that or is it just a tool set that's out there i don't know I built an event system once um for a contract so could do it again but there you go there you go bud events you and twitter go. you should do it up on the tweeter yeah, well, I mean, yeah, but if we're going for like, yeah, things things that we built once but could build again, we've got ticketing system. We've got <laughs> how long, how, is, we've how got, long is that list? <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I worked on a, a WhatsApp competitor once, so you know, like WhatsApp on the blockchain, we could there do that. Uh, wait, except we can't because blockchain's way too slow. But then you shouldn't put your data on the blockchain anyway. It's really bad use case for, for that. But economic system, like, so it's back to like, uh, whatever, you know, fuck it. Um, fuck it. <laughs> Hey, fuck it. Fuck it. You, the problem is, is this a very negative episode? I feel like it's a little bit negative. Are I we negative or is it just, is it just, uh, I think, I think I was always looking back. Like we've, we've, we've got to episode 70. That's kind of cool. It is. Cool. Um, but I, you know, I, I am kind of aware that we are a full year on from when we really started having, cause we, we got over the shock of Luna and I think we'd really started having the, Oh shit, this is a bear. It's going to be around for a long time. Uh, conversations on the podo um and it, it really has been a year um so it's yeah maybe maybe there's a bit of that energy in the air i don't know i don't know <laughs> I, I for what it's worth i i feel fucking pretty all right um because i'm fucking taking a holiday tomorrow so we're working 14 hour days to like clear the fucking decks and set up all the monitoring and uh exciting I, I am pretty excited to touch some grass in September. With that is too long away, sir. Six-day fucking hiking trek in the mountains of Tasmania. Go to Tasmania. Yeah. I've been there once. I liked it. Carry your house on your back. Eat moss. <laughs> Sounds worse when you say it like moss. that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. I guess you've got to wait a bit. Because it's it's presumably really fucking cold right now. Yeah, I think September it's still cold. It's not as snowy. We uh we actually just bought um snowshoes from fucking Spain of all places because we intend to do some more. You know, there's a lot of mountains in Spain, right? Spain. Yeah, it's just that buying snowshoes in Spain, and I think that like it is um Spain. potentially well, it must be off season now, right? It's so. Off- in spain right now yes yeah so when you're looking at like we we looked at the local stores in melbourne and um it was like 500 kanga bucks to buy a pair of snowshoes right it's fucking insane and then <laughs> like wait, wait, five, five, 500 kanga bucks that's like still 300 dollars freedom bucks I don't know, man. I don't work in freedom no, no. bucks. <laughs> I don't work in freedom bucks. Well, the rest of the world and all of crypto does. So. so to buy them and ship the fucking things to Australia from Spain was like 200 bucks. So Jesus. What kind of, well, how what special are these boots? Exactly the same fucking things. Well, they're like, you know, they're things you walk on fucking snow with. So I don't know. They're big. You, you don't have any of those there? I thought you said there was some snow there. Yeah, there is. So they have boots in the shop. They're just fucking insanely expensive. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we bought them in Spain, less than half the price. Only took like a week to get here. So that's not bad. Anyway, the point is, we bought them, 
And uh, so we're going to go do A, hiking and camping in the snow around the Alps here, around Melbourne. And then we're also going to do some um, backcountry snowboarding. So that'll be interesting. Backcountry snowboarding. Yeah. Yeah. You stick your snowboard on your back, you fucking walk up the hill and then you ride your snowboard back down. That's cool. Yeah. I think like the proper way to do it is with a split board. You like actually split it in half and put um, the- uh, Isn't that called like skis? Skins on them. So you just fucking <laughs> up the hill. Oh, okay. I got yeah. you. I didn't really realize you could do that with anything other than Telemark skis, but- Yeah, they got like special bindings, which you're, you're, is attached around your toe. So your heel lifts, and then you just kick your skis up the hill. Well, you're, you're snowboarding. Oh, yeah. So it, it's exactly like backcountry skiing because you just yeah, so you snap your board in half. That's Telemark skis, but weirdly for a snowboard. Yeah, so your snowboard's got a joint down the guts of it and it's like and clipped then, together. But then surely it's got two different bindings because the snowboard bindings are like there and there, whereas the Telemark... Yeah, so you, you, clip your, you, you clip your bindings off the way you're using them for cross-country and then you clip them back on to use them as a snowboard. Will I get enough perch? Oh, I guess yeah, because they go, they kind of go around the bottom, don't they? For telemark, they put the gut, the gut clip, don't they? The, the gut. Yeah, it used to be animal gut or something, didn't it? The, oh. the you know the thing that you put around the bottom of the ski when you're going uphill, where it's like, um, yeah, the skins. You've you yeah, yeah you put them on and they they grip the... backwards, so that like every time you put the the thing down, it catches like um like a claw, like a claw, like a a, a spike, like a, a barb, a barb. The word I'm looking for is barb, barb. You know, like you'd have a barb, so it's unidirectional. You know, um, you know, like some mammals have like a barb penis. It's the same. <laughs> just in shoe form. It's just, I, I've been working really long days to get to get my shit together. Um, so, I, whatever. Like an animal's I'm, penis, but on your feet. It's like an animal's penis, but on your feet. Yeah. Let's, you know what? Why not? Let's go with that. Um, Why not? I too am going hiking, but not in the snow, in the sunshine. So, is that like something you do often? We we do it all the time. I fucking love hiking. Um, it is something that my other halfs, my better halfs family, do more of, and she is a big proponent of. But I think the hills and mountains in the UK are a bit boring and small. <laughs> so and you've got a bit insane fucking mountains in Europe just across the way. So. That. So that is that is where I am going is to go train. to the to French Alps. Alps where they have Billy Big Bulls mountains. Did you get a uh, little infant backpack thing? Yeah, baby strats. Strat. Oh, on the front, Rocky on the back. So I already did. Okay. Uh, we went to a conference. He's probably too small still for the back, actually. Yeah, went to. Right. He still got go on the front. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. went to went to a conference with the lads from Artifact. Uh, mm-hmm. And obviously met Erteman as well from from Lavi, Lavi Sanko, and um, did that trip as well. Ben on the front, bag on the back, balm in my hand, you know, classico. Um, so doing that again tomorrow. Um, it's That's gonna cool. be yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Like loads of people are like are like, oh, you got some time off? I, I guess you're gonna stay at home, right? Because you got the small one. And I'm like, no, I'm gonna travel 1,100 miles tomorrow. <laughs> um, and they're like, oh, right, you flying? Okay, that's you know, they can be a, quite a pain on the plane that age. And I'm like, no, mate, getting, getting 
getting four trains across two uh, countries, a train under just, the sea, right. and I'm going to be drag. carrying him. And people are like, "Are you? You? How are you carrying the buggy?" And you're like, "I don't own a buggy, mate. It's just in the fucking." Just, I am the buggy. I am. You should get, I am. That's your t-shirt. I am the buggy now. I am the buggy, mate. <laughs> I I am the saddle. <laughs> but like, so the way the way I like to think about this is, you know that you know the old cavalry thing where it's like the horse, the saddle, the man. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm the fucking horse now. I am. You are the horse. Of the pyramid. You are the, horse. You are the Finally. Horse. Yes. Finally in life, I have. You I are. Have ev- eventually, they will be the horse. But right now, you are the horse. Yes, that's correct. You are the donkey. You're the donkey. Right. Okay, but right r- right now, I am the most important piece of logistical equipment in the pyramid. And will be respected as such. I mean, you're creating a situation where you are the most important piece in the pyramid. But yes, that's correct. Look, I mean, ultimately, you're not the most important. If piece you're in the saying pyramid. that yes, the system is rigged, then of yes. course, if there's one thing I've learned from crypto, is yes, the system is rigged. But you need to rig it in your advantage. <laughs> Actually, one thing: when the little man does get older, I we we had like uh, those the backpack ones where he could sit, where he could sit like up here. So they, the, oh, it's yeah, a backpack, yeah. but the, but like like his his ass is like right at your bottom of your Did shoulder. Have like minimum height for yeah, the, he, he's way probably like I think. I mean, you get strapped in there pretty good. I would say probably eighteen months, maybe two years, something like that. I'm hoping um, next year we'll be there. But then I'm those were a lot of fun. How am I going to get my shit over? Oh, there? there's a bag. Well, sure, so, but at the moment I've got like I've got like because I'm carrying a bunch of other shit. I'm carrying. Well, you could put that in your front, but like, but when he gets older, he's not going to want to sit facing you, and he's going to be like, right? Or, or you have yeah. the one where they, they spin around where he's like underneath you, but facing out. I, so the last trip I did it where he was in, in you know, like a supported one, but facing out. Yeah, this one hoping to get him to sleep more. So actually, yeah, you face him in. Yeah, can sure. do it in one of those you know ones with the almost like you know the mummy hood where it's yeah. like. Yeah, um, but the the backpack ones are a ton of fun. Like those, I we had we yeah. I shit we sold it like a, a bunch of years ago, but we did tons of hikes with those things. And like I even had two kids stacked in there at one time just to get up <laughs> a horrible hill. But um, but like they loved it. They, they're extremely comfortable, and then it's like the weight's off you. So if you want to go like if you're going hiking, you have both hands free, and they're not in front of you. So and you can even if you fell forward or something like that it's not like you know there's no, there's less danger there and those types of things but yeah highly I mean, recommended that's in my future um yeah highly uh, recommended but yeah going to have to work on the logistics of that one so anyway whatever my exciting fucking holiday trains involved there will be train chat when i get back after i miss uh next week's show hey i so we didn't talk about awesome wasm at all i was actually oh, yeah. supposed to be at awesome wasm yesterday and today and i was going to i was going to join from from hip and happening berlin what happened um but the uh, uh at the moment i i kind of have a day job so uh, mm. uh it just like the logistics of i like i like money and sure. um they look pretty well, good there's a lot of people there i saw yeah, busy, i saw the really busy i was kind of bummed out we had yeah. um we had a i had a few people messaging being like are the game of nerds boys going to be in Awesome. Okay, a couple of people asked. I didn't hear about it until today, so no. <laughs> friends, friends, of, friends of the show were like, are you are you guys actually here? And I was like, sorry, we're, we're not here. Um, but maybe we can get friend of the show that, that is there. I think off the top of my head, I know that Spoo, like I'm just going to dox a bunch of people mm-hmm. are there. So I think Spoo's there, Hartnell's there. Jake's there, Amy's Shane's there. there. Yeah. Sonny's there. We, I mean, we, you, you guys without me next week, you could just do a fucking mega Chad's episode. 
do it bring all, all in, run break down, it down, break it down, do get the straight dope from That's a good idea from Berlin. There probably is actually the straight a dope. Probably is a drug smuggling hotspot actually. So that's maybe not the is correct. It? Yeah, it would. It would really make. I. It wouldn't surprise because if you think about the geographical location of uh, of Berlin, actually, no wait. Rotterdam's the big one, isn't it? Is it Rotterdam that's the big what for drugs? One? Rotterdam, Rotterdam, and Antwerp are the big ones for drugs, aren't they? I, I don't know. Could be. Yeah, I think so. Anyway, um, I've just realised we haven't yet done the drill tweet of the week. So, oh, good timing. Oh, uh, we forget. Excellent. The section is the boys. <laughs> okay. Um, me and some extremely crude boys in a pickup truck scream hipster at some kid's lemonade stand, then crash into a turtle and eat shit hard. Turtle. Yeah. The tur- I didn't see the turtle coming. The and neither did they, I think, which is the story. I thought we got rid of the secrets. There's, I mean, there's, there's just every... The, there's Why do we keep doing this? <laughs> yeah, you keep coming back for more. You keep coming back for more. Sorry, were you talking about the drill tweets? Or were you talking about or overall? <laughs> we talking about validating. Oh, the drill tweets goodness. are always such an awkward moment. Like, there's at least a minute of silence afterwards where there we're is. just trying to contemplate to what the out. fuck just happened. What the fuck just happened? Wow. What just happened, man? What happened? We're just hanging out here. Um, oh, my goodness. Yeah, so it's it, it's good to just good to just you know, introduce a bit of in a bit of awkward silence into the conversation. So yeah, in conclusion, baby carriers stock riding high. Um, currently, every chain we validate on stock not riding so high, but that's that's also good. I mean, obviously, other than like Aptos is still doing pretty well, so yeah, can't complain. Um, can't complain. Can't complain. Um, I've been I've been fighting with uh been setting up a bunch of nodes for other networks. So I this week I've worked on Optimism, Avalanche, Polygon, Arbitrum. What are you setting up nodes there for? To join despite, the- fact, despite the fact that Optimism is not actually that bad a network. The fact that it's called Optimism, every time I see it, I'm just like hopium. In my head. <laughs> it's all hopium. hopium. Same thing. Uh, optimism, yeah. I mean they're all very they're not all that straightforward and they don't really prune. And so it's, they're a bit unwieldy. Um, like for instance, like Polygon has both a tenement chain and EVM chain or like, which I didn't really recognize before I really got into it. And the tenement chain, like there's like, you can, I think they have some default structure. Like it's, it's extremely modified, but I think the, the, I think the chain, there's like 300 gigs or something like that to be able to get going on the EVM side that, that, that um which which is i said this morning i i fat fingered a fucking command and fucked up 40 hours of of work and that that thing that i did is that there is a 1.5 terabyte snapshot um and that 1.5 terabyte snapshot comes down and then gets extracted to like 8 million fucking files at like 3 3 and a half 4 terabytes or something like that and i thought it was doing a I have a script that runs that basically pulls that down and untra- extracts it and all this type of shit and i thought it was just doing a sha check on the files before it extract and i accidentally i meant to uh hit a key command that i used to jump between screens and i hit command c and it killed it and so i had to go back and and like the extraction itself is a 12-hour job (laughs) like just a unfucking do two terabytes or three terabytes of fucking shit so anyway i don't know all that stuff is it's all history right then so what you're saying is if you hadn't scripted it but you were copy and pasting individual commands it might have actually been quicker 
Did you really fucked up one step? I literally sat down. I was looking at it. I was like, why the fuck is this doing this? And then I was going to jump into another screen and look at it, and I fucked it up. And then that was it. So now I had to restart it. Now it's extracting again. So you were trying to join these other networks as no, a validator? No, this one, uh, these are, um, uh, we're a, a chain link oh. operator. Yeah, so I was going to say chain link. It's a chain link thing. Yeah. So, so uh, chain link is launching, for folks to know that there's a, they're launching something called CCIP, which is basically a chain link a bridge between networks that is going to get, it's got picked up by Swift and a couple other couple other ones, which looks very positive. And we're not a CCIP member. We're not running the bridge, but we're running a, a structure that allows for the... 